breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is your weekly radio show and podcast discussing all matters GA and Donegal and of course across the North West. On this week's show we're going to be joined by Gary McDaid. He was at the Derry Noose Letterkenny Gales match yesterday where Letterkenny Gales came through in that tie leading on to a match with Stewardstown in the next round well done to the Gales Gary's going to round up all that action for us we're also going to have feedback from Satanta's victory yesterday against Owen Rua of Tyrone well done to Satanta they march on to play Namaya uh, later in the show we're going to hear from Brendan Crossan of the Irish News to take a look back at yesterday's actions between Bally Bay and Cross McGrain and a look ahead to this week's Ulster quarterfinals and of course taking a look at Neve Connell's match away to Carrigan flying the Donegal flag and of course the Glen Ergel uh, tie uh, mouth-watering football coming up in Ulster but first of all as I say a, a huge victory uh, after a massive layoff Satanta it seems so long ago that they won the county title and they were playing Owen Rua and after the match Oshin who was covering the game caught up with Declan Coulter who once again was their top scorer here's what they had to say so Declan Coulter a 2.1 here in the opening game of the, the Ulster Club Championship against Owen Rua he has, he's had to work hard for that yeah we certainly did um they're, they're a fantastic team, you know, they've been playing intermediate for, for quite a few years and probably a shock that they end up in the junior championship, but we knew, like, we knew coming in today we were, it was a 50-50 game, if not we were underdogs, and, um, you know, we had to really dig deep from super performance from our boys. Yeah, you didn't start too good, you were four points no. down opening ten minutes, you, you were? Yeah, we were, and a lot of it was, you know, a lot, a lot of pressure on, you know, mm. they put pressure on our, on our back six and midfielders, even the keeper, you know, keeper turned over a couple of times yeah. and took outs and, some of it was due to our mistakes, some of it was due to the pressure they were putting on, but we just didn't settle. But a long layoff for us as well, and that championship intensity took us a while to kind of get, get up to the speed. Yeah, and uh, you finished out the first half well. You said you scored them four points to one. There was only a goal in it. Yeah. That stage is at the breeze in the second half too, so yeah. uh, it, it wasn't as looking as bleak as what it was in those opening minutes. No, that's it, and that was, it, was, it was massive for us to get within touching distance. Yeah. You know, um, if, they, if they had the six-point cushion get at half-time, it would have been... A hell of a lot different. You know, they yeah. might have been able to be a bit more conservative, but we went out early in the second half. We got first two points, and then I think Davin got a goal. Davin goal, yeah. Um, you know, which meant and they, they went down to fourteen. They went down to fourteen, so they couldn't sit their sweeper anymore, and they had mm. to, uh, you know, they had to kind of come at us a wee bit more. Yeah, yeah, and that would open it up, and it did towards the end. And once you got that sort of two point cushion towards the end, uh, sort of you were edging towards the one, then and you, and you knew you weren't far off at that one. Yeah, well, until the whistle goes, yeah. to us and you know yourself, it's. Uh, you know, once they got their second goal, we put them point back up. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of had to, to refigure what we were doing. Big Sean, come on there, Sean Ward, come on, give us a massive outlet on pockets. Yeah. You know, he scored a point himself, maybe two. And then there was, it was so just many, after the goal, so it was. Yeah. yeah. And so many bricks came off him. I know I get a point out here. You know, just, he, he goes up with his hand. He's a big, massive, imposing figure. And, you know, there's stuff going to come off him. Like. Yeah. It's a huge one. You could see that at the end, how much this victory meant. Yeah. And, it was, it's, it's, uh, you know, for us to go in as underdogs, we kind of, mm. we, we kind of, it was a massive win for us, yeah, but it's a, it's a small step to where the end goal where we want yeah. to be in next week's, next week's the same. Um, I'm not, I, I haven't looked at the, the fixtures, I don't know who it is yet, but, yeah. um, you know, we'll go again, we'll, we'll regroup on Wednesday night and yeah. have another look at it. You're, you're going to probably tell me it's game by game, but you just won this competition in 2017. Is that where you just want to get back to, Dickel? Absolutely. Like, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be busting ourselves in training. We wouldn't be going, you know, it's, it's, it's winter hurling. It's a whole different ball game. You know, 
That is our, our, our aim, yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Well done today, well, Declan. Thanks very much. Yeah, well done, Declan Coulter uh, and all at Satanta. They march on to play <laughs> Namaya next week. Uh, good luck to them. Of course, uh, a competition that Satanta won in 2017. And a lot of people say Ulster, it's vital to have a bit of experience in there and it'll definitely see them well. But a team that didn't have any experience going into Ulster uh, yesterday was Letterkenny Gales, but they came through in a way, uh, fantastic away result against Derry Noose, 113 to 112. And our own analyst and, of course, the Pep Guardiola of Glen Swilly, Gary McDade, was there to watch it. Gary, what did you make of the action? Yeah, Brendan, not a bad game. Both, both teams coming in, uh, little experience of playing in Ulster has been a long time. I was talking to a few Armagh people up there, it was a long time since Derry Noose actually came out of junior. So it hadn't been there for years, but they really got the show on the road this year. They had a former Armagh minor manager actually in, in charge of them. So they had a man of the name of Paul Doyle. If you remember, that would have been 2014. They would have got to the Ulster final beaten by Donegal. And that was the year Donegal went the whole way to the All-Ireland final and were finally beaten by Kerry. So that's the calibre of the men that supposed that they had involved in the background team. And they made a huge push this year. They won the, they won the league, the junior league in Armagh as well. And they only lost one game throughout that. And then uh, came out of the championship. They went through unbeaten in the group stages and that in Armagh as well. So... They had a, a cracker of a player up front uh, by the name of Connor McAnally, who would have been in the Armagh panel for a couple of years, 2019 and 2020. Uh, he he was a real thorn in the Larkin Gales uh, defence. So he was he, he ended up with one nine out of one twelve, Bryn. Uh, you know, and out of that one nine, I think it was like maybe one four from play. It was really the standout player on show, probably that wee bit of quality over over the hour. And Larkin Yields took a while to get to grips with him. They finally put Niall Dever on him in the second half, and uh, Niall had a good game, managed to tie him down uh, a bit Gary, more I'm, than he had been. I'm, I'm interested to know the, the tactics there, Gary. Were, were they were they leaving him inside on his own, or what, what was the what was the setup of the two teams? No, they, they played him and his cousin. So they did. Uh, he played inside in the full forward line, and he he missed the final. He didn't start the final, the semi final, because he was coming back from injury. And they played him and his cousin. His cousin was uh, McAnally as well. Um, what he called Kane was his name because it took away from me and Jeremy to to, to get the difference in the two. So Kane was a cousin, but the boy had done all the damage. Uh, he was wearing actually twenty four. Connor was his name, and the two of them played inside. And listen, in the first half they played with a very strong breeze, and he, he kept coming on the loop on the stand side and cross McGlenn kicking into the dressing room goals, and he got a lot of shots on the loop. So he did uh, driving and driving it over the bar. So really, really good player, and said. Gale's got top in the second half because uh, Niall never seemed to put uh, uh, he's probably their go-to man as a man marker in Larkin Gales and uh, he, he got to grips with him in the second half and managed to contain him a bit better now Yeah and Gary that, that I suppose you know only too well going through Ulster um, I was when I was speaking to I met Charlie Cannon last night there's just such a different uh, um, atmosphere around it and, and, and very special for Gales I suppose it, it, it's hard to put into context versus club football itself. You know, um, it's such a different feel. You're, you're out of the county, you know, in a strange ground, strange team and that. So, so, uh, fantastic for them to come through, uh, uh Gary. And, and, and who knows, you know, there, there's no reason why they can't go and win the competition. 
Yeah, you know, and Donegal's a good record in the competition. Uh, if you think back, Red Hughes and Neil Colum killed your own club, Mutant, won an Ulster club a lot of years ago, both of them in Bunkrana, of course, uh, got to the final after that since. Uh, you know, Ulster, it's fantastic. So, as, and you know, Brendan, you, you nearly prefer going on the road because I would, from my experience with the Glen there, you know, you build even a deeper camaraderie and a deeper relationship with all the boys because you're away for the full day. It's a long day. You're wearing the bus and that's like, you know, there's not too many bus journeys in Donegal now. Most people take cars and that. And the camaraderie's good and the crack's good, high, and the relationships are, are built a bit closer. So they are. And I think Eric Kenny Gales will get a lot out of that yesterday going into the semi-final now against Stewartstown. Stewartstown a massive one, so they had um, against the, the Down champion, I think it was something like 220 to 5 points, but they were home, you know, so that'll be a nice wee thing for Larry Kenny Gales, so well to have that advantage of, because it's a real bonding experience going into Ulster, and, and what a venue, like, they went across the Glen Rangers, and you know, home of so many All-Ireland Club champions, and it was funny, Brendan, I, I pulled into the car park yesterday, and who was in the car park parking cars? But Donald Marta, former All Ireland winning club manager, mm. he was in parking cars, you know, and I was chatting them on the way in, and we're talking about the game the previous night. Of course, they got beat by Bally Bay, and you know, just a fantastic club up there. It wouldn't have been easy for all them boys to get back out after suffering defeat the night before. Um, and it, it, I was laughing, you know, the half time draw tickets were a pound, Bryn. <laughs> we're talking about value for money there so, is just there is just know, a different vibe around some clubs uh, Gary where you know a lot of places in the north are, are represented by their club I think that kind of adds to the strength of club football um, just just over the years and particularly in the, in the six counties around you put a defined the football team almost defined your area which is why I think it yeah. kind of pushed a lot of teams to be better and there's maybe more of a quality right across uh, each of the counties, but certainly in somewhere like Cross McGlen, as you say, and, and you have people like that that are that are just there day in day out. That's it's it's almost their home, uh, second home. You know, that's where they go, that's where they uh, where they meet up and what they do, and they just love the games. I and Dolan Marta would have been. Uh, I was talking to somebody else in, in the ground. You know, I, I was we were talking about him, and they were saying, you know, he's obviously a former player, former Ireland winning club manager. Now he's actually chairman of the club now as well. They said, you know, there's not many would have been all Ireland club one managers and went on then to be chair, chairman of the club just heavily immersed in it and 100% agree with you you know I suppose we've been lucky enough to go to St Mary's in Belfast for four years and probably for them football was more than football it was an identity Yeah. so it was you know it was a very much an identity I'm looking to Stewardstown result you know which is which is crazy you know in terms of two teams on a, on a similar level uh, blowing away uh, mm. I say the, the down champions 225 points you can look at that two ways you can say they're obviously Coming in this game, they'll be favourites. That they're, they're buzzing after the victory. But the way Gales play, they're going to shut them down. If they made that first half difficult for them, if Sheridan if they were able to keep them to, to to five or six points, they certainly would put doubts in their minds. So there's two ways of looking at a, at a team that's at a big victory before they come and play. Is particularly because Gales do play that defensive uh, uh, a game and and are good at it. Yeah, you know, and probably the interesting thing, looking back at the Donegal final and yesterday, Gales were behind in both games. I think they were 7-4, I remember, sharing the right against Karen Dunna. And yesterday, they were even worse. Brendan, they played against a strong breeze yesterday, and I think it was 1-7-3 at half-time. So they were down 7 at half-time, but they really came out the second half and got three scores in three minutes right away. So they did, and, uh, you know, in that third quarter... 
was massive for them. I think they ended up winning the third quarter seven points to one, and that was a big turning point in the game. So it was. And Derry Noose had a man black carded. I think it was around the fortieth minute, and they won that ten minute period four one as well. So they made a count on the scoreboard when it did, you know, and led by Conor McBerty, you know, in the first half. It wasn't getting the ball inside because it was playing in strong enough breeze and they, he came out around midfield and was reminded me of the rugby game the, the day before. So it was just like gaining territory. It was getting the ball and br- brushing through tackles and breaking lines. So he was and uh, throwing the ball off to me. He ended up with five points himself and he just carried that on in the second half as well. Um, the Gales were much more physically bigger, more physical team yesterday, and, and helped them. And that's a big thing, Brendan. Going under one football, like they have a lot of men over six foot, so they have and are physically strong as well. Um, like you know, Darren McBurdy his glory came off at half time, but Jesus was able he was replaced by a big man, Brendan O'Brien, another giant of a man that came in around midfield, and he actually ended up getting the goal as well. So listen, probably the big thing for the Gales they were missing Anthony. Uh, what he called me yesterday, Anthony Dover. Uh, he was brilliant. He marked Conor Dahl in the Gales and the Donegal final from Carondona. Uh, but apparently he's gone to America. So I, I think it could be an SOS brand sent mm. out for him. You know, the one <coughs> game from an Ulster final, and he's probably. Yeah. And there, you know, when days like this, Brendan, you know yourself, Ulster Club, you have to make the most of them. That's it. You don't come around too often. And, that's the magic of it. You know. Gary, that's the magic of it. Gary, listen, good, good stuff. We, we wish the Gales all the best in this. Gary, just looking at um, the Donegal management at the minute, O'Rourke and Carr, we're hearing stories about uh, potential people joining the, the backroom team. You know, we've seen some massive backroom teams out there. The most interesting of all, I think, for Donegal fans here, that Kerr uh, Lissy. It could could be involved. I don't know if you have you have you heard that or, or heard about it, but certainly, um, I think with the two lads there, it would give you huge hope if, if we could get Carl back involved. Yeah, listen, I'll say the Donegal public would love that, you know, and uh, it'd be a popular choice among the players as well. Um, listen, I I'm not hearing it from any sources uh, close to me at the minute. Uh, I haven't heard his name being linked to it, and, and to be honest, I've heard very few names been linked to it it's, in fairness they, they seem to be doing quite a similar job to what they did in getting the management team everything was kept under wraps so it is and it's, it's uh, quite low key at the minute but well, the big thing is now people are just mad to get uh, get to know who's involved in the backroom team as regards, as regards the general public are And uh, but from what I hear is that Paddy Carney and Rook now have met players so they have and uh as we all know, anyway, they were back in the gym and working away on their athletic development, strength and conditioning. So, you know, I suppose it's just a waiting game for the general public in the meantime. And if they were looking for a, a tactical genius uh, to set Donegal up a certain way, are you, um, are you available or what's what's the story? Are you ruling yourself out? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy enough, Brendan. I'm, f- I'm flat out in a minute. So I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> gonna, yeah, so, we'll get to McCurry so, Cup now um, in a minute. I was just, I, I was just wondering... Um, O'Rourke and Carr, how do you see that um, in terms of who's calling the shots there? Because, you know, you're on about backroom teams and that. I think because you've two fairly, uh, two kind of managerial type guys in there, you might need a lot of help with them because I'm sure they would have to know who's coming in. It's not just you, would, you know, if you look at the other 
tickets, a lot of them were, were put together by the people involved, so they all kind of had some relationship. So I think for O'Rourke and Kerr, I don't think outside of your, obviously your, your backroom team, your, your strength and condition and all that, which is not going to be tagged that they would want. If they did want somebody, it would have to be the right person for them. Yeah, very true, you know, and listen from kind of listening to the interviews from the two boys, it seems like Aiden's going to be the league coach who is and seems to be going to be doing a lot of the coaching and Paddy will be looking, suppose, more about the managing side of things, making sure everything's uh, organised and set up for the, the team and, and the group going forward, you know, and, it, you know, it, it, I would say the wall they would like a bit of help of coaching as well, you know, it, it's a lot to leave the coaching card at one man's door, you know, it's nice to have a mix maybe of a, definitely a second and possibly even a third influence on there, you know, obviously limited as in regards, you know, to the main coach that he'll be doing them jar, but it's good to have second and second or third man in there. Even with opinions, maybe they might be doing a lot of the on field stuff. But, you know, it keeps it fresh as well and if you've the one voice all the all the time it's it can be hard, you know, on on that coach as well. If he's doing it, done it all, it can be it can be dra- very draining to him. Whereas if you have two or three men able to coach the team, it, it spreads it out and keeps it fresh and keeps the intensity high as well. Yeah, it brings me back to a thought, Gary. And I'm not going to name any names. At one stage, I was playing with Donny Gall, and there was a, a, a club manager who was doing fairly well, and he, and, uh, he was taken in the county setup. And I don't think the manager really knew him that well. He just took him on on the strength of him mm-hmm. doing well at club. But uh, I still was taking mm-hmm. him. I don't know what championship game it was, but the the, the guy was in then pre-match, and he was shouting over <laughs> before the game. <laughs> and I could see the the manager looking as they say. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> I always thought yeah. to myself, you know, you needed to have a have a proper sit down with this man and, and, and maybe just iron out exactly what the philosophies was because uh, I always thought to myself, this isn't a good fit for the two years. You know, I could see your man looking as if they say, what's, what's he going on about? So I think for Rourke and Carr, just be careful who you take in. Of course, they've got a one-year review, Gary, which is, it, it almost looks as if it's, it's set up to say, here, lads, get the house in order quick I, I don't know how fair that is uh, Gary or if it's I, I, I don't know it seems to have been put out there Car answered it well anyway saying he wants the feedback which I thought it was a it was a good uh, way of answering people saying listen you, you're having a one year review which is which is a I, I know there's always a review Gary but it almost was put out as if they say we need to know you're doing the job right uh, in year one uh-huh. yeah uh, like listen I think that you know, in fairness to the two boys, the two boys are, are, no, are no mugs, you know, and uh, suppose it's Dummy Gall, Jay, trying to keep uh, all their pegs in line, so they are as well, uh, should things go off the rails, but I don't think things are going to go off the rails, you know, as I see the two boys, no mugs, and their CVs are excellent, so they are, like, there's not too many people, Brim, out there would have the amount of credits on, the, on their CV, maybe uh, within our own county, that that they have and, and the list go, goes on and on like it was very impressive what they were able to do so yeah. I'm confident enough you know I think it's very important that us as a public and us as a media you know as well roll in behind the two boys and 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 be and be positive about this because I nearly got I nearly felt sorry for the boys I nearly got a feeling you know out there the people were nearly coming out of there after that first meeting a wee bit negative on them and a bit sore on them and I'm not giving them a, a fair shot, you know. Um, yeah. And and some, sometimes if that's led, led by the media, that filters down in and to, and to the general public and then that causes outcry and 
murmurings in and on unrest and and I'd be totally totally the opposite. You know, I, I think that we have to roll in behind the three boys. These are these are our this is our management team and hey let, let's get on with it here. Yeah. Listen Guy, of course I'm in total agreement with you. I just get the feeling on the back of bonus thing that there's a lot of griping out there and I, I, I can't see that going away uh, unfortunately I would love everybody to have that attitude and I think they'll get a certain amount of time but I think all these things have to be weighed up versus kind of the squad we have the opposition you're playing and and certainly at the minute yeah. I think there has to be a bit, wee bit of an overhaul particularly defensively how we play and what we're doing and that's going to take time uh, Gary. so we certainly need time and what I'm saying is Gary we need more than a year you know really I think if these boys I, gonna, you know you're looking at probably three to four years uh, let's be honest before you could really say yeah. I know that seems a long time Gary but I just mean there, there's quite a few kind of things have to be sorted out in, in, a, in our in our squad and in our in our starting 15 before you say right we're, 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 we're up there with the with the top five or six that we're after you know so I think that's why the time has to be given so hopefully that time's given uh, Gary at the minute though the, the next uh, level of, of star coming through or of county player coming through is coming a lot of it uh, coming through yourself, Gary. Danska Bank uh, Under-19 McCrory Cup. Um, how's things going there at the college? Hi, Bryn. We're, we're tipping away, you know, in fairness. I think we pulled a meeting. We, we were finished up last year, last December. We pulled a meeting in January. and The boys have been working consistently since last January in, in the gym here. We Gavin McGuire every morning, every Tuesday and Thursday morning before school. and They were committed to that over the summer as well, coming in here over the summer and they do a third session on, on their own at the weekend, and and since we're back at school, then in September we've been on the pitch. Then Monday, Mondays and Wednesdays before school, and Friday after school. So, you know, it's just a serious level of football, and it's probably it's that bridge. It's bridges that gap between minor and under twenty because you have lads who are no longer county minors, and that's a lot of the lads will be playing because it's under nineteen, and we'll be playing against players who are on county under twenty teams and. At a serious level, like you know, when we, we we sat down and put our heads together a lot of years ago, when we said we, we would move up and stay up in McCrory Cup, you know, because we felt you know there's no one in the college a, a B footballer and that there were A footballers, and it wasn't fair to to be for them to be labelled as B footballers because we thought to give them the best pedestal going forward and to to put themselves up cast themselves against the best. Now, don't get me wrong, Brent, it's really tough, you know, mm. uh, it's it's probably tougher for us than anyone else because, to give an example, we played some Paston Gander in our first game last year. Uh, I just looked at their team sheet afterwards, they had 22 clubs on their team sheet and uh, we had six, Jeez. you know. Yeah. So, that's the level that you're up against. Um, can you imagine if you if you'd the best player from 22 clubs, what kind, kind, of, kind of team you'd have? But, listen, what, what, for us, it's always about competing and try to be competitive in the games, and you know, and, and and you never know what comes after that. And we have a nice culture built up in the college now, and there's always been a culture way back in the fifties and sixties of doing well in McCrory Cup and get the McCrory Cup finals. And even when Murphy was here back in two thousand eight, we got the McCrory semi finals, so we did as well. So the culture's there in the school over the last number of years, like Colin Fadden and David Hurley as well have taken McCrory teams over the last lot of years and you know we got to the year just of COVID we got to McCrory quarterfinal and beat Mr. Coleman's Newry who actually went on the whole way to the final we beat by two points in the quarterfinal probably gave that we could that we could have went either way and we could have won as well that would have been probably our best McCrory team 
nearly since that 2018. But listen, it's where the players want to be and it's where we want to be as a, as a school as well. Yeah, yeah that, that has to be very important. Gary, a bit like we've been touched on with the club there, there's certain schools around the north that just have that history built into them and it's something that yeah. was maybe lost at St. Unions for a while and it's come back. You're, you're in Group A with St. Padre's Cavan and Umba CBS and uh, St. Michael's and Eskilln. Uh, Gary, so when, yeah. does that, when does that throw in? Yeah, so, so this day week, Brian, Monday week, uh, we play St. Pat's Cavan in our first game. It's up in Drumra. It's a neutral venue. It's roughly halfway uh, west Rowan there between uh, both clubs, uh, half 12 next Monday. So hopefully we'll see a few past pupils and uh, be a few few people up at the game. And the second game's not fixed yet. It's almost CBS, but that'll be uh, in a local venue for us. So yeah. it all brand so uh, the, the, that'll be a local venue. And the third game, so Michael's in a skeleton, is uh, what do you call that? That'll be neutral as well. So we'll be look, looking at a halfway venue. Mm. Um, and, you know, Samaria's Marafel probably won the McCrory last year. And uh, I think they have 11 of starting 15 still there. And for the more than the ground, almost CBS here in our group would be a lot of people would be popping them to be the second, the, the second best team in the competition. So listen, we're in a very tough group, you know, and uh, we're just going to have to go out next week against Cavan and, and, and see where we're at. And it hasn't been easy the last number of weeks as well, I suppose, with club miners only getting wrapped up last week and we haven't had the group really together until the club minors haven't just read up last week because there was that many of the lads involved in the latter stages which is good as well because it means that they're playing football and uh, playing at a good level and they're coming in a decent shape as well so you're, you're not really working, having to worry about fitness and that for boys joining the panel then after the club season was read up you're just kind of working more on your tactical plays and stuff and what way you, what you want to play the game definitely going to come to because I'll be working up the north and that it'll be, it'll be, it'll be handy for me to plan a day where I could come and, and yes. watch the games but does your, where does Brilliant. the fixtures be are they, are they anywhere online you can see them but they'll be up in Ulster schools so they will online and a lot of times Donegal G would, would, sh- would share would share them as well yeah good man guy takes me back to them freezing days playing with St. Junin's way up the north there <laughs> Ice in the boots, Joe. <laughs> not not the best of memories, but listen, maybe that's because we didn't want it. enough matches, Gary. I'm, I'm sure you'll put that right this year. Listen, Gary, wishing you all the best with, with the lads here at St. Junin's heading, heading into the, this uh, uh, McCrory uh, on, Championship. Bro. We'll speak to you. You're going to follow uh, our teams going through Ulster then? Aye, listen, I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on them. And, you know, Glanty's are out next weekend, so they're away to Carrigan. And I suppose, Brendan, a big one that for neutrals would be it's on, it's on our doorstep so does Celtic Park Eric O'Kearn against Glenn Maharan I went under the Derry final actually to watch the Derry final I was impressed by Maharan I, I didn't get to see that Eric final I planned to go that day but something came up then but I was talking to a few lads at the throne final so the word in the ground is going to be a crack every game in Celtic Park next weekend Thanks very much Gary McDade there and now as I say we're going to speak with Brendan Crossan of the Irish news as we look ahead to some huge ties in the Ulster Senior Club Championship this weekend coming. Brendan, how are you this evening? Brendan, thanks for having me as always. Good man, good man. You've been battening down the hatches this last uh, a few days like the rest of us, Brendan, but you would have been out and about at, at the weekend, braving it. Uh, what, what did you catch up with? Well, I got a chance to go and watch a junior championship match, uh, Ulster Junior Championship match between uh, Newtown Butler from Anna Champions against Antrim champions, Pierce's down in Brewster Park. 
No, it was, it was refreshing to, to, to delve into you know, the intermediate and the juniors. Um, as I say, normally with the, the old system, we wouldn't have got a chance to go and see these games. So it's a breath of fresh air going to watch them. Um, enjoyable game. Uh, Newtown Butler, you know, one fairly handy, to be honest with you. But um, Pierce's has been a bit of a story. They're from North Belfast. I'm from North Belfast and I've been following them for a bit. Um, so uh, it was great for them to climb the mountain to win the county championship. But it was maybe just a step too far for them yesterday, you know. It's, it's interesting you say that, um, Brent. The last time I seen you, we were in Derry and uh, we seen that. A bit of a horror show of the of the senior final um, uh, between uh, Glenn and Slotnade, but the previous game uh, with Glenn Owen coming through was was a fantastic game. Do you find like when you when you go down the grade, sometimes you can get a a bit more of an end to end type uh, encounter? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Brenton. I think good spectacles thrive on mistakes, and maybe there's a bit more. It's a bit loose, a bit looser yeah. the, the yeah, intermediate yeah. and junior. But because of those mistakes, and because it's a bit looser, uh, that's that's not to say they're not tactically astute teams. I think uh, the the spectacle is a wee bit more enjoyable. I have to say that Glen Allen match just caught the tail end of that Glen Allen match, and it was it was a brilliant game. And Glen Allen, then they're going through to face Galway, which will be an absolute belter of a game at the weekend. So um, I definitely do. I'd agree with that. I'm just thinking as I'm talking to you, Brent. You know, we don't hear a lot about the, the potential rule change now for leaving two players inside the 50 or something like that. I was thinking the top teams, right, that actually won All Ireland and they, they do flood their players back, but their interchange is so fast that the game doesn't seem that way. It's only the, the teams that, that do it very rigidly that really ruin the game. Now, we see this right across county and club. Um, and I think that the bigger teams, the power that they have, this conversation hasn't been had anymore. But what I've seen there, it seems to be pulling out of it now. I've seen signs of it going back in, certainly at club here in Donegal and, and at county as well in Ulster this year. Do, do you think when that, that that needs to happen in our game the way it's happened in, in Aussie rules, for example? They've said, right, enough's enough. We need to, to leave a platform on side which will which will enable kick pass, which will open up the play. I wonder what your view is on that. Yeah, I would agree. It's worth um it's worth experimenting. Um maybe, you know, trial these things because I attended a lot of Antrim Club Championship matches and you know, it was very hard to differentiate from one game to the next. They all look the same. I actually took a, a small video of uh, towards the end of uh, yesterday's match down in Brewster Park, and there was just two solitary figures on the goalkeeper. I must say, in one uh, half of the pitch, and the rest were down the other side. I do, I do think the game is in need of a couple of rule changes, uh, and and the one that you you're you're, you're proposing there, I think it, it definitely has merit. You know, what have you got to lose? You want you want yeah. to see better spectacles. You don't hear it at all now. And is that because the top teams don't need it and don't care about it and don't want it? And and I'm I'm forgiving some of the lesser teams maybe because maybe they're saying, listen, we haven't got their ability to do that, so we need to do this. But while they're doing that, they're really killing the game. I think it would even out the game a bit. And I think two's enough. If you had two players that had to be inside the fifty, that means when that ball's turned over. There's a kick pass on, you know. There's something on to to link up the play that you that you have that, and obviously you can interchange those players. It doesn't have to be the same players, but if you had that, I think it would be a wee bit revolutionary. Because if you look at club games, Brian, that I've watched where teams have left two and maybe three up, it's a completely different game. When then I've seen as the championship went on and different teams are playing different teams, if the fear comes in that one side's going rigid, we have to do it. We might leave one up then. Another team doesn't leave anybody up. 
But I think if they're forced to leave two up, I think it would revolutionise the, the game and put us back to something of, of end-to-end football. Brendan, I really couldn't agree more. But can I just bat the ball back to you? Do you think, is it more pronounced in, in, in Donegal club football? <laughs> I don't want to start giving off again now, but definitely. <laughs> and Brendan, what, what, what scared me this year was in, in, the, in the group stages and, and in the early rounds of the championship, the teams aren't doing that. You know, even the teams that will do it eventually, they don't seem to be playing that. But once they get to play each other, which is the big games, the pinnacle games, I mean, for example, Kilcar, who were who have a brilliant attacking team, went full like 15 against St. Unions and then St. Unions and, you know, still seem to try to leave two up, then it's one up. Like they are trying that, but I'm not just saying that, you know, obviously with Unions, but then the county final, you leave Colin go full 15 in and you're just like, oh God, here, you know, here we go. And listen, they're good at it. That's what they do. They're never going to change, Ben. It's as if the rules have to change for yeah. it to change. And uh, we're talking about the new management coming in. You know, we're producing no defenders in, in club football at all in Donegal like, like we were doing. And and if you have 15 inside your 45, so of course, why would you need to be a top defender? So I think all these things are, are, are now working against us. And I know each club will say, right, we're looking after our own. We're, we're at it that long now, Bren. It's never going to change. I think it needs a rule change. I don't sense any momentum for change, Bren, which is strange. But you know yeah. what, Bren, I think what happens there is, you see, the, there's no voice from the club anyway. The club just get on with it and, and there's no voice. The voice comes from the county games. And in the league, we don't really see much of that. It can be quite entertaining at times. You'll see bits of it. And then in certain championship games, it really gets locked down. But as I say, the bigger teams, the teams that create all the, all the headlines and, and the big TV ratings, they don't care. And so I think it's lost somewhere between the teams that are just off outside of the top, very top, maybe four or five teams and you know, the rest of the sides out there that are almost forgotten about, let's be honest, uh, Brian, that's why the, yeah. the the word isn't there, you know, and in some club club championships it isn't as bad, but I mean, as I said, we, I, I sat you that day in Derry, I mean, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. Brian, I, I left early, I, I couldn't watch it. It was shocking and to see a team of Slot Neil stature reduced to, to losing a final in the way that they did, I was like, here, where are we going? There, there's tactical stalemates regularly in games, you know, so if there's a tactical stalemate, well, there's no way around it, and 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 the aesthetics of the game will go. You know, to, to, to be entertained essentially. Well, spectators do not so much uh, managers and players, but if there's tactical stalemate, that's when I think there, there needs to be an intervention of some type of rule changes. Uh, and and the one that you put forward, Brent, is I think it's a no-brainer. Mm. But uh, like we're, we're both on the same page here. I find it a bit strange that there is no big chat about uh, rule changes to try and improve the game. And, and maybe that's because it suits the big teams. Mm. I, I really don't know, but I, I would love to see it because I was speaking to Karen Close a few weeks ago of Cargan. Karen is 40 years of age, still doing it. Uh, for Cargan and he's came through he's straddled the different eras he says I would I would hate to be coming through as an 18 year old playing the game now he says uh, I wouldn't enjoy it as much and he, he called it tactical warfare uh, for the first 40 or 15 minutes you can actually sometimes go out of a ground uh, go and have a cup of tea and come back in and see the last 10 minutes oh. uh, when, when a game breaks out yeah. And you, you haven't missed anything the previous 40 or 50 minutes sometimes. You know, Brendan, and not going too far on this, there's a bigger picture, I think, with, with you said, maybe young lad being turned off from the game and that. If you can't express yourself as a footballer and go out and kind of hold 
your area or your man or be responsible for yourself. You know, this collective thing of, of grinding it out, you know, it's, it's such a, to me, it's such a terrible way of playing football, but I, I think it's affecting our game right across the board. And you're right. What, what, you mean, why would Dublin or Kerry or, you know, even Alexi or Mayoja Galway's not that care now because they're going to be at the top anyway. And then, I mean, Tyrone in many ways, I suppose the way they went and won all Ireland, they had the players to do that. And I think that's, that's the issue. And if it was two up front, they, those teams obviously would still be better at playing those games anyway. So I don't think for them they really care. But I think for the rest of us, it's watching football week in, week out. We, we sense there, obviously we, we know, Bren, there's something badly wrong with, with so many games that we're watching. And that's, that's certainly yeah. it. But listen, we'll, we'll, we'll continue. We'll get a wee, Petition going, maybe myself and yourself, Brendan. <laughs> See if it's only me and your if it's only me and your name on it, then we know it's just us. But, <laughs> but Brendan, one one of the reasons we'd be on here for the, for the Neve Connell people that's listening, and listen, you're flying the flag for Donegal now. We're behind you, and, and yeah. you can give us a lowdown in Cargan anyway, and why they are so such outsiders uh, in this contest, even though. Um, uh, Neve Connell are travelling away from home. Um, of all the teams in there, they're, they're really out in their own in terms of uh, fancy to 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 win this uh, All Star Club Championship. Yeah, um, well, well, Cargan Cargan have um, they've been the kingpins of Andrum for for four four years out of the last five, but they've never done it. They've never performed um, in in All Star. They haven't. They haven't got a win. Like you go back to I was talking to Kevin O'Boyle about this. Kevin used to play for Antrim. Um, he's he's had a brilliant season uh, for Cargan. Uh, probably one of the best man markers that Antrim have produced over the last decade or more. But he was talking about it. He says he goes back to uh, 2006. They lost to Clon Tibbert. Every time they went in, they also felt the first hurdle. 2015, they failed the cross. 2016, Kelly Clocker beat them. Now, they were, Kelly, Kelly Clocker wiped the floor with them that day. They've been competitive in the games now. Then Guidor... In 2018, we do if you remember, I think that was at Corrigan Park. They got off the flyer. Cargan came back at them, but uh, we do were just too strong. Then in 2019, Derry Gonley beat them the Fermanagh champions. So I think there's a, I think there's a hunger about this Cargan team that they want to prove that they're, they're a bit more than just county champions. Um, spread, no, you can, I mean, those, those teams that you're aiming out there, you can forgive them for losing to them. You know, that's, that's the thing. It would also the, I suppose they've had the experience, even though it's a knockback, but they've had the experience, which I think is, is huge. Uh, and, and if you look at, I suppose, Bally Bay's victory over Cross, um, I couldn't believe how much Cross were built up going into this. I mean, Cross haven't been... Totally agree with you, Brent. No, totally agree. They even were lucky maybe to come through. And, and Monaghan teams, uh, Brent, you know, they're always tough and plucky. If you come through and Bally Bay have been knocking on the door, I couldn't believe it. I seen I seen one right up there about David and Goliath. And I was like, hold on a second, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is a decent side. I, I couldn't believe how much Bally Bay were, were written off going into that game and how much cross were, were fancied. I think the name carried much more weight than it should in that class. No doubt, because there was more, there's definitely more experience in that Bally Bay team. You look at the Wiley brothers, Desi Ward is top of his game for Monmouth as well. And Paul, Paul Finley as well. Like Paul Finley's 39. I interviewed him in the build-up to uh, the cross-match. Um, and Paul is, you think, Paul wasn't a quick player, Brent. You remember this. Yeah. He wasn't a very quick player, so he didn't have a lot to lose. Yeah. And in fact, I think as you get older, 
I think he's a smarter player um, as you get older. And, and like he rolled back the years uh, against Crosser at the weekend. Now, it was, I'm disappointed for Cross. You know, I'd love to see a bit more Ryan O'Neill and Jamie Clark. There was moments in that game that were just brilliant. The movement, the, the, the movement and the goal that they got well, it was class. But I always fancied Bally Bay to come through that one. Um, but, you know, you're, you're talking about older players, Finley, Skinner, Owen, Owen Bradley. Mm. Uh, still getting Glen Allen, Glen still getting the tune out of him at 30 or 39. Uh, I was down in Brewster, as I say, on Sunday there. There's a guy, uh, playing for Newtown Butler, Ryan Carson, used to play for Fermanagh, 41 years of age, the best player on the park, scored two, three from play, absolutely, absolutely outstanding. So what I'm saying here is, Brent, there's, there's hope for you. You should get those boots out again. I think there's maybe another tune in you. You need to be like Cold Seavers there and rebuild me. You remember him, the $6 million <laughs> man? He might, have got, might cost a few more quid now. But you know what, Finley, and what an absolute gent he is, uh, Bryn, yeah. top, yeah. top fella, wild time for him. But you know what, you're right. And, and the way the modern game's played, you know, that you're not exposed. Now, you think back to the old days, if you were man for man, if he was playing 11 or, or 8 or whatever, his man would be breaking on him and up the pitch and down the pitch and he maybe for his legs he could get exposed. But while he can sit in that central area and a lot of guys, if he's a few players left and right of him, he just needs to hold his ground. But when he gets it, he is that wand of a left peg in between his, his freeze and his, his way to orchestrate the game. He can still dictate that game and massive, massive stuff for them. Uh, interesting just coming out of that <clears throat> with um, Jerome Johnson, senior. Yeah. I'm just thinking, Bryn, what a uniquely GA thing that, that he, he's left in this position. Now, I know different clubs and the depth of different clubs, but definitely the Kuku story is, is a bit, um, is different to a lot of clubs, I suppose, his depth. And I was just reading the amount of family that he has involved in it outside of his, mm. his sons. And it, but nearly the whole team seems related to him. So we have this very strange set thing now happening in, in, in GA. And it could only really happen in, particularly in club GA. And, and of course, he was in a different county. And he must have dreaded thinking, oh no, here we go, you know, how do I do that? Because you've, it, it's quite a deep question, um, cause you might think, so what odds he's just coaching the team, but you know, in GA, you know, players and, and you know their weaknesses. And he now is, would have to line out and, and say, this is, this is his weakness. This is his, and this is his own blood. So yeah. it's a very different thing that's, that's going on in this uh, game. Should he, should he stay involved? And he hasn't said he hasn't yet, but it's, yeah. it's really unique to GA, this, isn't it, uh, Bryn? Yeah. But funny enough, Benny Coulter uh, tweeted last night, he says he'd be shocked if JJ uh, managed against uh, Kilku, JJ being Jerome Johnson, the <laughs> joint manager of Bally Bay. You're right, Jerome has got three sons and a host of nephews in that team. Um, and you think, you know, I, I personally don't think he'll be on the line um, at the weekend. Now, I'd be interested to see what the dynamic is among the Bally Bay players, you know, will they give him a pass to say, yeah, we understand or would there be some of the players thinking, you know what, Jerome, you've signed up, you've signed up with us, so we'll, we'll fully expect you to be there and uh, plot the downfall of, of your of your team. It's, I'd say the, the, the Bally Bay boys maybe give him a pass if he, I can't see him being on the lane. I can't see him being on the lane. They want a county championship, you know, with him and they'll probably give him a pass to, to maybe sit at the back of the stand. But I wouldn't like to be walking in his shoes this week. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, straight away I thought, why would he, because of his depth of the club and all that there, he would just take a pass on it. But then I thought, he's come through quite a journey with these boys. You know, listen, it was what, 2012 since Bally Bay first 
won a championship, so it was massive for them, and they're they're on the next step. They've beat Cross McLean, so the buzz must be unreal. So it'd be very hard for him now. Does he does he train this week? Does he get involved at all? It's a it's a real real difficult one. It's a, it's a very awkward position for him to be in. I would expect that he that he wouldn't be on the line now. I would see there wouldn't be any yeah. point in really really being there. That would be a difficult one for him. Totally, totally. Imagine, imagine saying my son is as weak point as this. <laughs> so go after it. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't even know if he'll be about the training pitch this week. To be honest, yeah. it's such a difficult one. But these things, you know, that's the the anomalies of the of the club chat, the Ulster Club Championship. These things can happen, you know, and it has happened. It's probably Jerome's worst nightmare, to be honest with you. Yeah, and on Neve Connell uh, uh, going up to Kerrigan, you, you, you've started to put a few wee doubts in the mind there about. About um, uh, Kerrigan being written off so much, but Neve Connell, how they play, uh, Bren means that they're always going to be solid in the game. That's one thing. I mean, whatever about their style and Donegal and how they do it, but in the Ulster, it's it's you know it's a sensible way to play in terms of you're going to be hard to beat. You're set up well, and you're going to try and break on teams or whatever. So Neve Connell have always done well in Ulster and come mighty close to actually winning a title. So. I'm sure it's a it's an opposition that Carrigan won't look forward to, and I suppose that's one of the big things going into this game that nobody really wants to play a side like Dave Connell because no matter what you know the tactics they they are good at it. I mean they were the originals if you like uh, way back to 2005. So it's something uh, a game that they are are very good at, and something I suppose. It'll be difficult for Kerrigan uh, to to, um, to 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 get around that blanket and hard for them to to have any enjoyment in the game. It's going to be one of those games that they're going to have to play a bit like Neve Connell, and that's what as we spoke about earlier. That's where the tactics are going to have to be. One side's going to have to just sit and hit and and hope that their version of it outdoes the other. Yeah, f- funny enough, again, get back to the conversation I had with Kevin O'Boyle about this. He fully expects a completely different culture of a game uh, compared to what he's been used to uh, in Antrim. There was still that sort of uh, 1v1 aspect of that. He was marking Adam Lachran during the, uh, the, the county final um, and he and Kevin normally picks up the, 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 the danger man of the other team. But he, he talked about this in depth. He talked about, he says, we would probably have to mark zonally almost, just marking areas. Um, so I know, while Cargan know what they expect, as you say, Brent, it's very, very difficult to counteract it. And if Neve Connell are, they're, they're used to it, they're the practitioners of it. Um, and Cargan may have to tweak their game. So even, even looking at this, uh, the, the, how these two, the, in terms of engagement here, you'd have to say that Neve Connell probably would be favourites getting into that match, low scoring game. Um, I, I, it's going to be very, very difficult. And saying that Cargan are very good uh, possession team. Like for for them, the the ball is ten, the, the ten tenths of the law's possession to them. They're a good possession team, and they've got a couple of good forwards that can strike from range. Pat Shivers, uh, I'm sure they've done their homework on him. Pat Shivers, once he gets it on the left foot, it's usually over the bar and from distance. So you know he would be their answer to maybe Kieran Thompson, a guy that can take shots from distance and is very very accurate they've got a couple of good runners they're still getting a, t- a tune out of Tomas McCann another tricky player Tomas maybe 33 now right. used to play for Antrim right. um, so they've good they've good runners they've good possession players but are they equipped uh, to play this this game as Neve Call and they'll, they'll they are declaring the terms of engagement in this game uh, they don't have home advantage 
Um, it's at Corrigan. Corrigan know that, know the pitch well. But I'd say, you know, it, it's very, very difficult to say, but you'd imagine uh, the Donegal champions may just nick it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure some of the Neve boys are taking notes there. I'm wondering how, what's the <laughs> side they're com- coming up against. It's certainly an interesting counter. Of course, the Glenn, Eric O'Kearn one's probably the, yeah. the tie of the round. Uh, you know, a lot of interest there. And you're just on a bit of experience. If you look at, you know, Tyrone, the way different teams keep winning the title, because there's, there's no doubt that they have, like, uh, underachieved as, as a county in terms of their club teams coming through. But again, you know, you have so many teams, just as you were rhyming off there, Previously, uh, uh, Brendan teams that are there and the experience, and it's no problem given the Ulster. But you just think with Tyrone teams, such a massive thing, they actually won the title, and they never seem to, to progress. But certainly, the Sergio Kieran team has all the qualities to go and beat Glenn. But you know, a very, very efficient Glenn team, and they've been they've been nominated as the, as the top team in Ulster, even ahead of Kilcoo at this point. How do you see that one going? I think Glenn will win the, the Ulster Championship. Brent, I don't, I don't know what you think, but um, I was really, even though the match was a turgid spectacle against Slack Neil, and maybe Slack Neil, the footballers looked like a tired team to me that day. But um, and you've also got Malik O'Rourke uh, in charge of Glen. I don't know if there's a better manager and the nemesis of Donny Gall over the years, uh, Jim McGuinness's nemesis and Rory Gallagher's nemesis, and at different stages. Um, but it is the tie of the round. Urgell, there's a there's a player plays for him. I've always rated him. I wonder wondered why he didn't uh, cut it at senior level. A guy called Mark Kavanagh. Seen him in the under twenty one final in twenty fifteen when they won the All Ireland. A brilliant player. You got Peter Hart, Ben McDonald, the Canavan brothers. You know they 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 have on paper they have it. Um, they're probably a wee bit more flair when you look at the the team sheets. But I just think the the system that O'Rourke plays. Um, I, I I was impressed with Glenn, albeit as I said, it wasn't a great game to watch that day. I was still impressed with them how they went about it. Um, they're full of running. Uh, they've got Connor Glass, Jack Doherty, Ethan Doherty, who had a brilliant season with Derry. Um, Michael Warnock, you remember, number six had a brilliant game that day as well for for Glenn. I just like the look of this Glenn team. Um, and they ran Kilku so close last year. Uh, it was a mistake, an extra time, one mistake, uh, cost them dearly. Um, so I, I think Glenn, looking at all the teams getting into Ulster this year, I think Glenn just are, are a wee step ahead of everyone else. Yeah, mighty, mighty stuff, uh, Brendan. Yeah, listen, very impressed with that day. I thought that was more about Slot Neil than, than them when yeah. they went forward. They were a danger and they squeezed uh, Slot Neil around the pitch. I mean, they, they've got variations of whatever game you want to play. They'll play it their way and they can take on a BG and had scores from range. They are a bloody complete team. Put put McFall in there and you might even be more complete. Um it's a shame that he's he's not there. I don't know if there's any chance of him coming back. <laughs> I was chatting to a couple of Glen boys about yeah. this. But uh you never know. Stranger things have, have happened. They could they could make him back yet and maybe maybe make maybe I don't know about this game, but but maybe be back for a for a final, which would be amazing to see if That'd be a huge he's a huge player for them, like no doubt. Yeah, massive. Let's go on Gales and Gowner wrapping up the, the other ties as well. Brendan, listen, fantastic sub. Thanks thanks so much for rounding that up, Brendan. Listen, I'll probably see you around the ground somewhere and we'll, we'll get a talk to you as, uh, as this uh, intriguing championship unfolds. Hey, and, uh, maybe maybe you Belfast boys have a have a wee surprise <laughs> in store for us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know, we'll never know. You never good know. man, Brendon. Good, good man. Good stuff. Look after yourself. I'll get that petition together, all right? We'll, yeah, well, we've two names on it already, so hopefully <laughs> it'll uh, it'll gather legs here after uh, we'll watch a couple of other championship matches, you know? 
Top stuff, Brendan. Brendan stuff. Uh, you can get Brendan in the and the Irish news uh, day in day day out doing f- fantastic coverage there. Great great paper, of course. Uh, we want to thank Brendan for that. Listen, folks, that's the show uh, wrapped up there with Brendan. I want to thank uh, Gary McDade on previously. I want to thank Canis for producing here and uh, stay tuned, of course, for the for the excellent Monday night sessions. Uh, the guys will get the, the tunes going and uh, I will speak to you all next week for another BL Debate. That's a wrap for now. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen.